VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous. Our show will educate you about OA's 12-step program so you recognize the symptoms of compulsive eating and find the support you need in a program that works to help you control your eating behaviors and maintain a healthy weight. In this next hour, you will realize you're not alone and that there is hope for recovery and a whole new life free of obsession with food and weight. Now, here is your host, Naomi Lapel. Good afternoon and welcome to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous, a 12-step solution to compulsive eating. I'm Naomi LaPel, Managing Director of Overeaters Anonymous, also known as OA. On today's final program in this series, we're talking about New Year's resolutions and taking your questions about the OA program of recovery. If you have a question about OA or something you'd like to share, please call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. According to a University of Scranton study published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, losing weight was the number one New Year's resolution for 2012. The study also showed that a quarter of people who resolved to lose weight on January 1st go back to their old ways within a week. Overall, only 8% of those who made New Year's resolutions last year were successful in achieving their goals. So today we have three guests from OA, all of whom have made their weight loss resolutions a reality for the long term. They'll be talking about what finally worked for them and helping to answer callers' questions. So first, let's welcome Pamela from California. Hi, Pamela. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. You were maintaining an 85-pound weight loss for 10 years. Is that right? Yes. Actually, I have 18 years of abstinence, but um, I'm, yes, maintaining almost a 90-pound weight loss as we speak today. Fantastic. Congratulations. Also on the show is Terry from New York. Welcome, Terry. It's really a pleasure to be here. Tell me about your weight loss and maintenance. Well, um, I've been overweight since a very young child and was, my mother took me to my first diet doctor at when I was 12 years old and uh, I yo-yo dieted 30 to 50 pounds every year until I came into OA when I was about 28, which was 35 years ago, I can't believe. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have maintained about a 50-pound weight loss since I came in because when I came in, it was actually after a very serious, you know, crash diet uh, where I lost a lot of weight and got very sick. And Uh uh, so, uh, so yes, I have been maintaining about 50 pound weight loss for well over 20 years in a way. That's fantastic. 
And our third guest is Marilyn from Montreal, Canada, who's maintaining a 65-pound weight loss. Is that right? That's correct. And how, for, for how long? Uh, I've been abstinent now for 20 years. I haven't been binging for 20 years. Great. Yeah, and just to remind our listeners, we use the word abstinence. We're talking about abstaining from compulsive eating. Um, abstinence can have a lot of different meanings, but in our context, that's what we're talking about. So welcome to all of you. Until we get some calls coming in, I'll just toss out some questions to you guys, and you can take turns answering them. Listeners, remember you can call in and get your questions about OA answered by dialing toll-free 866 472-5792. So, Marilyn, what was your life like before you came to OA? Did you always have an issue with food? Um, I did. From what I remember, as a um, teenager, a young child, I always felt very overweight, very embarrassed about my body, um, hated to do sports, uh, felt really ashamed because of uh, my body, and I always felt that I... I always felt very fat, and when I look at pictures from when I was a child, I wasn't all that fat, so it was mostly in my mind. I just felt different and worse than everybody else. Hmm, wow. What about you, Pamela? What was it like for you? My life was pretty insane. I um, was, from a very young age, I felt like uh, there was something wrong with me, and if I could just lose 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever the number of pounds was, my life would be perfect. And um, until I came back into program, all I seemed to do was diet and lose weight and binge and gain it back plus a little extra credit. But it was pretty, it was pretty chaotic. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, I think we have a caller on the line. Is, is Tina there? Yeah, hi. Hi, Hello. Tina. Tina, welcome. You had a question? Yeah, um, you mentioned New Year's resolutions and everything, and what with all the popular diet and exercise programs out there, why should I choose OA? Very so good like question. And, and who is this? Pamela. Pamela. Go for it, Pamela. Okay, so... My New Year's resolution is not to have a New Year's resolution because (laughs) Overeaters Anonymous is a 12-step program, and we take everything one day at a time. So I can't plan for the next year. I can just plan for one day. And, you know, that is so monumentally easier than having to do something for a week, a month, a year. Just for one day. And um, what about the idea that there's so many um, other diet programs out there that seem to be successful, at least from the way they advertise? So why would somebody choose OA over another program? Anybody want to take that? This is Terry. I would – I certainly – have experience in dozens of different weight loss programs before I came into OA. And I think the things that really made it different for me was, um, number one, that this, that we, that we really are a group, um, a community of like-minded 
people who all have a similar problem. And when I was doing these diets, whether I was going to a doctor or even in a um, commercial weight loss program, which was a group, it was still, you know, you'd go to a meeting and then you'd leave and you were really on your own to Mm. do it for the rest of the time until you went back for a weigh-in or whatever the thing was. It's really a very isolating thing to be on a diet, especially when you have friends and family who are not on diets and, you know, you're going out to dinner with them and you have to, you know, you just have to eat differently if you want to lose weight. And in in OA, I found you know, friends who really understood what the difference was between, you know, just wanting to lose weight and be obsessed with the weight and wanting to understand why I had this, you know, this eating disorder, whatever you want to call it, you know, this problem with food that was keeping me obsessed about my body and keeping me... um, you know, as Pamela said before, like thinking everything will be fine if I only lose X amount of weight. Right. So you really learn, you really have the opportunity in a way to dig, to dig deeper, it sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not, you know, they say, you know, the other thing about um, OA is that it's, they say it's, um, you know, it works on three levels. You know, it works on the, uh, the physical level. Yes, you know, eating healthy and and getting to a, a healthy optimum weight, whether you're under eating or overeating. Um, but and then it deals on an emotional level of trying to figure out why we turn to food, you know, to calm ourselves. And also, it's a spiritual program, but you know, it's not a religious program, and you don't have to believe in any religion or God or anything. I mean, um, it's but it really does a lot of you know, it it does give you a a much um, broader broader uh, approach for dealing with this issue that you know most people think is just food, and that's right. why you know you mentioned the statistic. But the other thing is, you know, another national statistic that I'm very familiar with is that something like ninety five percent of all people who diet gain the weight back. Right. And yes. I don't think that would be true if you surveyed, you know, long-term OA members. I don't think it would be anywhere. It would be nothing like that. It wouldn't be in the 90s for sure. Because that is absolutely true. Yes. When we did our survey in 2010, I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment, but um, it certainly was apparent that maintaining the weight loss or maintaining the health for an extended period of time uh, was the case for many of the people who responded in the survey. You know, more, you know, past one year, up to five years, into 10 years, into 20 years, just just as you all have. Um, So, Marilyn, tell me about the kind of resolutions that you would make about your weight and eating before you found a way. Well, you know what, I was thinking about that, and I didn't, I never, I don't even think, I felt so powerless over my eating. I felt so out of control with my eating that I don't even remember making resolutions because I never felt I could do it. And Mm. um, I was just too overwhelmed with the desire and the need to eat. I would 
sometimes for me the re- the only resolution that I could make was not to eat all day and then I'd binge all night. So that I kept. But to think even in terms of a year, I could never think that long ahead. And right, uh, you were talking about you know why choose OA over weight loss programs, and for me. I tried a different weight loss programs, and I just couldn't, I could lose weight with them, and I know they advertise that you do, and I, I could lose weight with them, but I could never keep it off. And it was so shame, I was so embarrassed and ashamed to go to the program and to admit that, and I think for me a big difference in a way was that if I would have trouble and come to a meeting, I never felt ashamed. I Sometimes I was ashamed in my mind, but... Nobody ever, everybody was so happy to see me and well, so welcoming. And that to me is a big, big difference. That there's that's no great. shame in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point because I think a lot of people live with that shame for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it must have been quite an experience to give that up, really, yeah. or, you know, however you want to put it, to let go of the shame yeah. um, can be, must be really freeing. I, I, I also want to add for to any listeners. Oops. Oh, wait, one at a time. A Sorry. To be so ashamed. I needed to accept that I have this eating problem, this food problem, to accept yeah. it and to do something about it and to take responsibility for it. And yeah. um, I, felt I, I was able to get that kind of support, the uh, non judgmental support in, all, oh, in the rooms of the way. Um, and I didn't feel that way so much. Um, Thank you. Uh, We have to take a short break, Marilyn. Um, So we will be back in a moment. This is Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous with Naomi LaPel. To find out more about OA, please visit www.oa.org. Now, back to today's program. 
Welcome back to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous. We're talking with guests Pamela, Terry, and Marilyn from OA about New Year's resolutions and their recovery in OA. If you have a question for our guests, call us at 866-472-5792. All right, so Terry, uh, I think you were going to break in there and share something about um, New Year's resolutions for you. Oh, actually, it was back to answering that question about, you know, of all the diet programs out there, why should I um, choose OA? And for just in case there are listeners who aren't familiar with um, 12-step programs, it's not a small thing that also there's no, it, there's no charge for OA. OA is free other than asking for, you know, what donations at meetings, whatever people can afford to donate, um, you know, a few dollars. And um, so I, I always get the feeling, um, unlike commercial weight loss programs, that the people who are, you know, who are, you know, helping run away really are not in it for any other reason than really because they just really want to help me and people like me who, um, you know, who have a problem with, with overeating and uh, other food issues. Yes, and that's a really good point to remind people that there are no dues or fees, like membership fees, uh, to come to OA, to be a part of OA. Um, we do pass a basket at meetings to, you know, help collect to pay for expenses and support the organization, but that's voluntary. And um, and you can come to any meeting, and you don't have to sign up and send in a membership form or anything. If, if you decide that you want to be a part of OA, you just be a part of OA and work the program and come to meetings and get the support that you need. Um, Pamela, uh, I'm curious, you said a little bit about your resolution was not to make any more resolutions. So why do you think people struggle so much with New Year's resolutions? Like, what's the problem? Do you know, part of it, I think, is a radical change. Expecting to get from black to white um, with a flip of a switch. And compulsive overeating exists on a physical, an emotional, and a spiritual level. And we have to learn a new way of living. And um, so I can just make a resolution to do the best I can every day, but I can't put that goal out there. Because when I used to say, I'm just going to get down to this weight, oh, I got down to that weight on every commercial diet program there was. And I Mm -hmm. probably did it twice on every program. Well, I tried three times. And in my experience, I gained and lost 685 pounds, never weighing more than 220, never weighing less than 120. So I tried them all again and again, and I just can't, I can't make such a big change. All I had to do was go to a meeting, and that's how I started. Mm. And then I was willing to have somebody to work with a sponsor. Then I was willing to think about my food, and I didn't change it day and night. I just took out maybe one little thing. Maybe I just said no second helping. But it was a very 
slow process. Yes. And, and then at the same time, you're also working the steps, and so you're you're um, kind of exploring and, in a way, researching your own self in terms of what drives you to overeat or, um, you know, what how you respond to emotional situations and stresses and other ways to respond. So you're kind of doing all of it at once, really. Is that true? Right. Yeah. And yes. And the best thing is because those of us that are in 12-step programs feel like the problem is really our mind, mm. we don't try to think ourselves into the right behavior. We act ourselves into the right thinking. And we always oh. say we act as if. So I can tell you right now, today, I got up and did two things that I really didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. But they were in the literature as things I should do. I should take contrary action. Well, there's three things, but one of them I really didn't do. Okay, I'll just be honest. Okay, you know I'm doing the best <laughs> I can. But I did two things, and and having my druthers, no. I think at that point in time I might have just wanted to stay in bed and eat some chocolate, but I didn't. Yeah. I did a contrary action, and pretty soon as you learn to work the steps to get out of yourself, to start being more giving, and a big part of the program is giving service. Once you start doing that, and you look around, you say, gee, I guess I don't have it so bad after all. Yeah. And um, once you're in a good mood, then who wants chocolate? Hey, bring on the broccoli. <laughs> now, one of you, I think it was Marilyn or Terry, um, said something about before you came into OA, you had lost a lot of weight and gotten quite ill. Which one was that? Uh, that was Terry, me. Terry. Hi, Terry. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I guess you could call that kind of where you hit bottom. Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, it was a a diet that I had read about or heard about, and it was, I was on liquid protein. It was called the liquid protein diet, and I was on liquid protein for six weeks. I did not eat a bite of solid food. I would drink these, like, three-ounce things of this purple liquid that was liquid protein, basically, that supposedly gave you all the, you know, amino acids and whatever it is you needed. And it was, it was truly insane because I remember I was in my, my twenties and I went out on a date with this guy and he took me out to dinner and he sat there and he ate dinner and I had a cup of tea because Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I thought this was perfectly normal because I was was because losing weight was the most important thing in my life was you know just to lose the weight and get down to a certain size and um you know many years and I did I lost a tremendous amount of weight and I was you know really too thin and I thought I was gorgeous of course because she can never be too thin in my head and um you know many many years later um, my boss at the time, who uh, I ran into and we've become friends again, and she said to me, what was it that, I remember you did this thing where you were on this diet and you were green and we all thought you were going to die. <laughs> like everybody in the office. And, you know, 
like the idea that people do these things to their body in the yeah. name of losing weight. And, um, you know, when I came into OA and I learned that it's really about eating healthy and about eating in a way that makes me feel good about myself and not eating in a way, you know, and, you know, like thinking about what I'm going to eat in advance so that I don't, you know, just pick up something and then, you know, as soon as I've finished eating it, I feel like, why did I eat that? I didn't really, you know, now I feel fat and, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much about about good health and, and common sense. And, yes. uh, you know, and, and a lot of the times you really do need other people who have the same food issues as you do um, to talk these things over. Because I'll tell you, these diet, you know, I see these diets on TV and, I mean, today I saw something, you know, on TV where you sprinkle something on your food mm-hmm. and, and people, oh, this one lost uh, 50 pounds and this one, you know, by sprinkling some chemical on their food. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing how, um, you know, the weight loss industry, um, you know, the advantage that they take of people because we all are, you know, really overweight. People are always so desperate to lose weight. Yeah. And I've I've seen that a lot of people in OA say that OA was the last house on the block for them. And and I'm hearing that from all three of you, that you had really tried everything. And by the time you got to OA, you maybe you were desperate enough to be open to a different approach. Absolutely. And, and I, I mean, it's like I've actually put weight on in OA, you know, and then taken it off again. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, not a lot of weight, you know, like maybe 10 pounds over, you know, a three-year period and then, you know, I take it off again. But um, the idea of doing it in any way other than the way I do, you know, talking to my sponsor, figuring out what is, you know, the best way for me to eat. What are my trigger foods? What are the, you know, what are the situations that I tend to overeat in? That's good. It's it's not just like, here's what you should eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next 10 days. I mean, it isn't about that. It's also about, you know, what's your day? What are you doing today that could trigger, you know, you wanting to eat? I mean, sometimes if I'm home working alone at my computer, I know, you know, like at 2.30, 3 o'clock, like I'm going to start, I'm going to want something to eat because, you know, I'm just, bored or nudgy or isolated or whatever. But I have people in OA to talk to about that stuff, and I have actions that I can take at that time so I can, you know, and it passes. It passes, you know, and, and then I, you know, it's, it's easy to wait till dinner because OA gives me tools that I can use at those moments when I think I have to eat something or, you know, I'm going to die or I have to eat something. I'm really hungry. I have to eat something. And then, you know, I'm not really hungry because if you eat three meals, three proper meals a day, your body has enough food. Yeah. You know, so. That's that's a great point. Really, really important things for people to know. Um, we are going to be taking another short break. If you have any questions for our guests, remember you can call in 866-472-5792. You're listening to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous on Voice America. We'll be right back. 
what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous with Naomi LaPel. To find out more about OA, please visit www.oa.org. Now, Back to today's program. Welcome back to the show. We're taking your questions live on the air, so call us at 866-472-5792. Um, so we have uh, Casey on the line who had a question for our guests. Casey, are you there? I am. Uh, actually, I have a couple of questions. Um, you Hello, Casey. Me. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I have a couple of questions. You, can uh, you hear me Casey, now? Yes. yes, I can hear you now. Great. You keep talking about uh, having a sponsor. Yes. And what does that mean? And can I still come if I can't find someone who's willing to sponsor me to join? Great questions, Casey. Thank you. Um, Marilyn, would you like to talk a little bit about sponsoring? Sure. Sponsoring, for me, sponsoring is um, just having another member in the program. We talk about finding somebody who has what we want and asking them how they did it. And it's uh, sort of like having a mentor or having um, just somebody to help explain the program to me. I have a sponsor. I've had a sponsor over all the time that I've been in. It hasn't been the same sponsor. It does change at times. And I have, I do sponsor people. And it's really to be available to answer questions. And it's, for me, it's very important to have one person, even though people are friendly at meetings, it's important for me to have one person that I go to consistently. It helps me to develop a relationship in the program and somebody that I feel, you know, comfortable sharing, talking about things. And um, so it's really important to do that. But we don't need a sponsor to become a member of uh, of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, We just show up to be a member. Um, Mm -hmm. And and part of the... um Part of the meeting format, um, Casey, is that um, 
uh, we ask sponsors, people who are willing to sponsor, to raise their hand. And so at the meetings, uh, you'll see people in the room who have been in the program for a while or maybe even a long while who are willing to sponsor raise their hands. And if you happen to be in a meeting where there isn't um, anyone available at that time to sponsor, you can go to another meeting and see if you can find a sponsor there. Or you can um, ask around, ask some of the other members. They may have sponsors they're working with, um, you know, just Make yourself known that you're looking for a sponsor and, and you will get one. Um, but you don't have to have a sponsor in order to come to meetings. Um, Terry, did you want to say anything more about sponsoring? Uh, yes, I know that, um, uh, you know, some, I've had several sponsors over, over time and, um, and, and sometimes it does take a little bit of time to get a sponsor, but, um, there are interim sponsors, or and it's it's really I, I like the using the the expression of a mentor. It's not because sponsor somehow means you know like you have to have that, um, and you really don't. I mean, you know, I've I've been in program uh, in a way for long periods without a sponsor, um, and I've you know I've had a friend that I called every day, a friend in in OA who I would call and talk about my food with or whatever issues I was dealing with. So it's really important for you to know that we you don't need a sponsor to be in OA. Um, and there's also phone meetings where, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, is in, there's a many, many, many telephone meetings for people who can't get to face-to-face meetings. And they always ask for available sponsors on the phone meetings to identify themselves so, um, and sometimes you get a sponsor and you think it's going to work and, and it doesn't and, you know, you just end the relationship, just that nature of the relationship and then you find somebody else and um, uh, and then once you've been in the program for, you know, whatever period of time you feel comfortable that you understand it, then, you know, you can be a sponsor and you can help other people, uh, which is really what the 12 the foundation of the 12 steps is all about is helping somebody else with you know with their same issue right so. and so sponsoring is not something I, mean, I guess the the only qualification to be a sponsor other than being willing is is that you've been in program you've worked through the program a certain uh, a certain amount of time you've worked through the steps um to a certain level of recovery you you don't have to get any kind of a certification you don't get paid you know that kind of thing um so what would you say Pamela, to a newcomer who comes to OA, let's say you're at a meeting, a newcomer shows up next week, and um, he or she is just, they're desperate to get a handle on their eating issues. Like, what would you say to them to help them feel comfortable? What Did somebody say something in particular to you at a meeting that kept you coming back all these years? Uh, no, I actually um, saw recovery in a friend, and... Um it wasn't the physical recovery, it was the emotional recovery that attracted me to the program of Overeaters Anonymous. I always say that uh, I could join any of these programs. I started having food issues when I was nine years old, but um, I, could, I could use a variety of activities or substances to avoid life, to avoid responsibility. 
Um, if I saw someone new come in a meeting, I always uh, try to make them feel welcome and um, and give them my phone number. Mm-hmm. So they'd have somebody to call. Now, I spoke earlier about not wanting to do something. Sometimes the phone rings, and I think on one level, oh, no. But on the other level, every time I answer that phone and speak to a new person and feel the hope in their heart being transmitted from the recovery I have, it changes my day. Sure. I'm yeah. That... so grateful. Um, what about you, uh, Marilyn? Uh, what What is something, when you come to a meeting and there's a newcomer there, um, are there particular questions that you get from them that, um, you know, like something in particular they're looking for from you? Well, I think people are new people. When I certainly, when I came, when I was new, it's like, what do I have to do? And also, what does it all mean? I think sometimes at meetings, we use words that maybe is hard for people to understand. It's a different, and it's a very different way of looking at my food issues. Like when I went to commercial programs, I would get a, a diet, and they'd say, "Go and do it, and weigh yourself, and come back next week." And this is a very different way of looking at things. So um, I think it's for me certainly when I came into my first meeting, it's hard to understand all of that. And so when I see somebody who's new, I I like to tell them that it's going to be confusing at the beginning. It's it's confusing, and it's, it's the best thing for me. The best thing was that I went to several. I was very lucky. There were meetings, several meetings, not far from my house that I could go to in one week, and I did that. Um, and that's what I would. That's what I say to people. Also, is um, you know, the more meetings I go to, the more I can understand, and the easier it gets. So, yeah. and also making calls. I know we talked a bit about sponsoring. I was very embarrassed, and it was hard for me to call people and say, I don't understand this. Could you explain it to me? I didn't want, I was afraid I would be um, imposing on somebody. I was. I always had such a low self-esteem that I thought nobody was going to like me and nobody would want to speak to me. So I, would, I try to encourage people to call. I tell them that it's really important for me to receive a call. It helps me immensely. In my day, if the phone rings and it's somebody from the program, it helps me to think about the program and to to, to put my mind into that time, into that um, to think about things about Overeaters Anonymous and that. So it helps me a lot to get a, a phone call, and so I encourage people to make calls and to get over the embarrass. It's hard to get over that embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear uh, and actually we say a lot, we've said it on the program, um, you know, every time we talk about you're not alone. Um, that's such an important um, sentiment to get across to people. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit, um, Terry, about the isolation that was there for you before you found OA and why hearing you're not alone is, was so important. So um, it's a very, very important benefit of um, of OA. Before, I often would spend weekends alone in my apartment, you know, eating. I mean, you know, um, maybe not twenty, you know, every second of the day, but um, 
You know, food was my friend. Food, I learned at a very early age that food, you know, was was a calming, you know, calmed my anxieties, made me feel happy. You know, of course, it didn't last very long, but, um, and so, uh, you know, when I was a young adult, you know, I'd come home from work, I would be exhausted. Um, the idea of cooking a real meal for myself seemed overwhelming. So, you know, oh, you know, I'll just have some ice cream or I'll have some cookies or, you know, slice of pizza, you know, four slices of pizza or whatever. And mm-hmm. I would very often, um, you know, isolate with the food, like watch television and eat. Like that was my company and that was my social life. And it was very easy and very comfortable. And, um, but I felt, you know, terrifically alone. I felt like, you know, I'm probably the only person in the world that's sitting here eating a pint of ice cream in front of the TV. Like, who does that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, or who takes, you know, who eats frozen food before it's defrost, you know, frozen cake before it's defrosted or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, things that I, that I did with food that, you know, I just really assumed that I was the only person in the world who did things like that. And, um, you know, and when I first came to my first OA meeting and I heard other people talking about things, and, you know, and, and we also welcome, you know, undereaters and anorexics and bulimics. And, you know, I mean, I definitely, during a period of my life, had some issues with, you know, overusing laxatives, just purely for weight loss, you know, like, oh, I ate too much today, so I'll take some laxatives and get rid Hmm. of it. And, uh, you know, I thought I was the only person who did that too. And, you know, so to come into an OA meeting and hear people being honest about what they did, you know, and was like, oh, I could could talk to that person. Like, I don't have to be embarrassed because that person isn't going to laugh at me because they... You know, like I used to go to therapy and I would talk to my therapist about, you know, why I ate. And we would try to, I spent probably $10,000 in therapy trying to figure out why I ate. But it was really a one-way street because the therapist had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) And in a way, when I talk to a friend about, well, why do you think I, I have to figure out why did I eat? It's like, you know, they sometimes have some really good insight because they're talking from their own experience. Yes. So it's really a two-way dialogue. And it's, um, you know, it's just, it's an amazing breakthrough for isolation to realize that there are all these people that really, really get it. And I would think that being in isolation like that and then coming to an OA meeting, just that act alone must take a lot of courage. What do you mm-hmm. think, Marilyn? Oh, yes. I, I get calls. People, because my name is on the um, people who call away in, in Montreal get my name. And I, I, I like to say that it takes a lot of courage to call even. Because I remember mm-hmm. how scared I was even to call to get information about a meeting. And then when my first meeting, I remember it was such a relief to hear people talk about their food issues, but I I was so afraid because I felt that I couldn't do it. Sure, they can do it, but I felt so ashamed and angry at myself that I felt that I couldn't do it. So, uh, 
Wow. It was a relief and a fear at the same time. And um, it takes a lot of courage to go to the second meeting. So interesting. Hey, it's time for us to take another short break. So you are listening to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. I'm Naomi LaPel. Stay with us. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. It's a beautiful day. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients. And now they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous with Naomi LaPel. To find out more about OA, please visit www.oa.org. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Sound Bites from Overeaters Anonymous. If you have any questions about what you've heard today or on our program the past 13 weeks, do give us a call at 866-472-5792. We would love to hear from you. So uh, in this last segment, ladies, I wanted to give you each a chance to um, answer the following question. So we'll start with you, Marilyn. Besides the physical recovery and the weight changes you've experienced, how else has your life changed as a result of the OA 12-step program? Do you have three hours? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) My life has changed a lot. I've been in program for 35 years, and um, it's just because for me, the philosophy of Overeaters Anonymous is that it's not what we eat, it's not what I eat, it's what's eating me, and I had to deal with all that stuff, and it just from being so afraid to think of me doing this kind of show is just amazing because I would never talk about my eating stuff. I was just so embarrassed and ashamed. Um, Now I'm able to talk to people about it, and it's just changed my attitude about life. And 
um, just I've changed completely. After being in program for a while, my husband said to me, you know, we don't fight that much anymore. And and I laughed because to me it was just because of program. I just, a lot of my rage, I was just so angry because of my crazy eating. And um, I've dealt with one of the steps in the, we talk about the steps, one of the steps in the program is looking at my uh, my personality. We call it our character defect. Yes. And um just looking at it and seeing I have to take responsibility and change my behavior and not focus. It's much easier for me to focus on everybody's behavior and everybody's problems and not deal with my own issues. So mm-hmm. OA has changed my way of looking at life and has taught me an awful lot about um, dealing with people, about dealing with my, you know, my relationship with my kids. is just a miracle for me. I have adult children and um, they want to spend time with me, and it's just I'm just so grateful to this program because my whole attitude about everything, having patience, I was always so impatient and always so angry, and I would never express it, of course, but what I did was I ate over it, and now... Sure, right. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Pamela, how about you? How well, has I your think, life changed? I think what changed for me is now I like myself. You know, my whole life I uh, spent 90% of my time beating myself up and the other 10% of the time allowing you to beat me up. (laughs) And uh, that wasn't a lot of fun. No. And as I got into the program, as I accepted who I was, I, uh, I began to like myself more. And you know what happened? All those people who didn't like me, now they like me too. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and part of it is, is I learned a lot of things in this program. When I first came in, I was afraid to talk to anybody. And I heard people saying, when I first came in, I'd come late to every meeting and then I'd sneak out the door early. And I said, I'm tough. I'm going to come early and stay late. I'm not afraid of any of these people. I was scared to death. But I came in and I said, how can I help? And the only conversation I had to have was, are we putting four chairs or five chairs in a row? And Mm -hmm. do we empty the trash out here? I was always, and before you knew it, everybody thought I was the nicest, most helpful person. They didn't know I was really a despicable, felt terrible about (laughs) myself, and was doing this just to avoid having to talk to you. Because if you really looked at me inside in those days, you would have seen something that would have scared you. But now I have a new way of acting, and I say, how are you? How can I help you? People think I'm nice. So my life is easier. It's not perfect. I don't have Brad Pitt. I don't have a million dollars, but I'm happy with what I have. That's awesome. And what about you, Terry? Oh, I I echo a lot of what both Marilyn and, and... Pamela, I've said, I mean, number one, before program, I was, I was very angry. Um, you know, was, and, and also I blamed everybody else for whatever it is that I did wasn't, that I was unhappy or angry about. And, um, what I've learned in OA besides, you know, how to take care of myself physically, you know, how to really put myself first and, um, 
But I've learned that I ha- I'm responsible for my own happiness, you know, that I can't expect other people to change or situations to change, that I'm the one who has to change. And nobody ever said that to me. You know, no hmm. therapist ever said that to me. No family member ever said that to me. Um, I only learned that in a way that I'm responsible for um, for my life and for my happiness. And mm-hmm. attitude and attitude is everything. I really learned yeah. that in in a way too. And um, and and also that you know the idea. You know, I used to feel like, you know, when I was dieting, I was a good person. And when I was overeating, I was a bad person. And, um, you know, and what I've really learned is I'm a good person 24-7. You know, I'm a good person just because I live and breathe. Everybody, you know, I'm I'm just one among many. That that really the humility that I've learned and and humility is a very, very different concept in a way than it is. It's not humiliation. It's really just accepting my place in the world, that I'm no better and no worse than anybody else. And, you know, yes, I have this food eating issues and I, you know, I'm, I do have a problem with food that, you know, but that's not, that doesn't define me. And before right. program, oh, that's so great. Yeah. before program, it used to define me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so I've I've gained much 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 more than um, than I ever imagined that I would when I first came in. I came in only to lose weight. We have we have a great slogan in the meetings I go to where you know I came for the vanity, but I stayed for the sanity. Mm-hmm. You know because I have lost. I, people ask me why you've 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 maintained this weight. You're you're a little person. Why are you still going to those meetings? A, I go because my goal in OA is to help newcomers to, you know, learn about how to do this by sharing my experience. Mm-hmm, but more sure. important, more importantly, you know, and this is what Pamela said at the very beginning, it's because I, it's a one day at a time. And just because I've been thin and haven't, you know, picked up a lot of, you know, binging or bad eating habits, it doesn't mean if I stop going that, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why people keep the weight off is because they keep coming back. Right. And, of course. You know, of course, so it makes perfect sense. That's the other thing that I've learned. And it's fun. I mean, a lot of meetings, there's a lot of laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of heaviness and people sharing their problems. But there's also a lot of laughter and a lot of great times and a lot of joy and, you know, a lot of cheerleading. <laughs> that's so, so great. You know, hey, we've, um, we've actually come to the end of our program. So thank you again so much to Pamela Terry and Marilyn for joining us today. If you think you or someone you care about has a problem with compulsive eating or other eating issues, go to our website at OA.org. There you can do a self-test to see if you might have a problem with compulsive eating. You can read all kinds of information about OA and purchase literature, listen to podcasts, including all the episodes of this Voice America series, and find a meeting in your area. We have over 6,500 face-to-face online and telephone meetings in about 80 countries worldwide. We also have our triennial World Convention coming up in August 2013 in Cleveland, Ohio, which is open to both newcomers and current OA members. Go to uh, OA.org or call us at 505-891-2664.
You may have noticed that the graphic used for this program online is one is of one hand reaching out to another. That's what you'll find in OA, one compulsive eater reaching out and supporting, encouraging, guiding, and giving hope to someone else who is suffering. So I'd like to close this program with the following words penned by our founder, which are read at OA meetings around the world in dozens of languages every day. I hope they remind you that you are not alone and that recovery from compulsive eating is possible and within your reach. I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We're all together now reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours, and as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. I'm Naomi LaPel with Overeaters Anonymous, wishing you a life beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for joining us this week. Soundbites from Overeaters Anonymous is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until next week's program, may you find support, acceptance, and hope for a renewed life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.